You're listening to the Relationship Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Welcome to my first solo episode, and I really had to think through what I wanted to bring my listeners, and I decided to lead off with probably the most powerful mindset piece I get requested from particularly administrators, but even educators when they hear me talking about discipline and water. So um, it really is reflective of the paradigm of power that we believe there is a difference between the administrators and teachers. And so when I was trying to figure out what I was going to unpack, I thought, man, let's lead off with discipline is water. And so I'm super pumped to get an opportunity to share this mindset with you today. And uh, thanks for tuning in. So let's get right into it. It's 7.30 in the morning. Have you ever just shown up for work where you get there and as soon as you get on campus, there's like a parent waiting for you or a kid in the office or a meeting or something going on and you're like, OMG, could I at least like get a drink of coffee, put my backpack down or my briefcase or whatever it is. So here I am, Ed White Middle School in San Antonio, Texas. I'm an assistant principal and I am, I've, been, I've been a principal before. I'm coming onto the campus. It's like 7.30 in the morning. I don't even drink coffee, but as soon as I walk through the front door in the foyer, my assistant who works in the, who assigns kids for us and stuff, it meets me at the door. She's like, Hey, by the way, you already got a kid in your office. And I was like, are you flipping kidding me? It's seven 30 in the morning. I look at there and I don't know about you. Sometimes I just really felt like I wanted to be like five years old that day. I stood there with my briefcase on my shoulder and I was like, do I even really want to come into work today? Do I really want to just go back and turn around and get back into my truck? So before I could make that decision, the other assistant principal, Miss Tompkins, starts walking up and she's just like, starts shaking her head. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Now, look, I'm the reason I say this is I'm responsible for technically eighth graders at this time, even though all 1000 students are under our responsibility. So she walks up and she starts shaking her head. And I'm like, what? What are one of my kids doing so dang early already? And she's like, hey, it's this Hispanic kid who came in last uh, late in the spring. He had his hat on, his hoodie, his earbuds. He was uh, walking around the hallways and, you know, we don't let them in the hallway unsupervised. And then the teachers were starting to redirect him to where he should be at. And he wasn't listening to them. So they call for an administrator because, of course, we call for an administrator when they don't listen to a teacher. And then I showed up and I tried to get him to come down here, but he wouldn't listen to me. And he ended up putting his hands on me. And so that's where we're at. And I was like, whoa. Now, I don't drink coffee and I don't need a whole lot to get motivated. But as soon as I heard, wait, one of my students that I am technically responsible for disciplinary consequences put his hands on you, I am on fire for the day now. Forget that. I'm not going back home. I'm coming in. Let's go strong. Where was he at? She's like, he's in your office. And so I'm like, boom, I open up the door and he's sitting there with his hat on, his hoodie on, and his earbuds. And I'm like, no, 
pull that stuff off. I said, how many times have we talked about those three things under the roof of this school? You know the rules, you know the expectations. I have made them very clear. I said, but let me get this right. You show up at dark 30 like you own the place this morning and you start walking around our halls. Now, let me just check this right here. How many times have I told you along with every other 300 and whatever kids we have here in eighth grade to be in the courtyard, the cafeteria or the gym? And I said, but let me get this right. You're going to walk our hallways where you're not supposed to be with a hat, a hoodie and earbuds. And then of course, you're not going to listen to the teachers. Why would you do that? And then an administrator is going to show up and let me get this right. You want to put your hands on an administrator this morning and you think that's going to solve things? Don't interrupt with me. This is a one-way conversation and you're going to see your way out. I suspended this kid for three days. So I suspend this kid for three days. And I'll be honest with you, I was like, kick rocks, get off my campus. I was very pleased at the fact that his aunt or uncle or whoever could show up that day could take that kid and get him off that campus. Now, I want you to fast forward 30 days, roughly. It's about the next month. Now my amygdala is not firing. It's no longer the morning. It's the afternoon and I'm hungry. And the three assistant principals, we work well together as a team, but we also try to eat together once a week as like a family. And so we, we coordinate this. It could be a random day and they were like, hey, you fly out by. And ultimately they end up offering to cover my lunch duty if I go pick up Chinese food. Chinese food is one of my favorites. I've got three containers sitting on the back seat of to go, coming back to the campus. I'm taking my time. Come on now. They're covering my lunch duty, so let's just say I'm enjoying the time away from kids, enjoying and grabbing the smell of the Chinese food and just can't wait to get back. Now, as I'm coming back through the neighborhood, I happen to look down one of the side streets, and I just happen to glance and see a student that would be about the size of a middle schooler with a hoodie on walking down the street. Now, here's how Jiminy Cricket works in my world. On one shoulder, I hear this message like, just go back to the campus, eat that Chinese food. Then on the other shoulder, I'm like, you should go see if that student's one of your students and you should be concerned. And, and I'm like, okay, compromise Jiminy. I'm going to go down the street and I'm going to come back the other way and we'll see what happens. So I drive down the other street, I come back. But as soon as this person, aka student, sees my vehicle, they turn and start walking the other way. And I'm like, damn it, that's one of my kids. So, okay, I pull up and it's the same kid that I suspended for the hat, the hoodie, and the earbuds. Now, I'm not putting these pieces together. I'm just giving you some context to the story. So I pull up and I'm like, hey, have you been to school today? Because now it clicks. I don't think I've seen you. And he just kind of shook, you know, it kind of drops his head. And I'm like, okay, well, I know where he's lived because I've dealt with his parents before and his family. So I'm like, get in, put him in my vehicle. We drive a few miles down the road. We go to the dad's house. We knock on the door. All of a sudden, dad opens up the door and he's just like so confused. He's like, why are you bringing my kid home in the middle of the day? And I'm like, that's a great question because your kid never made it to school. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why wouldn't he go to school? And I said, that's a great question. Why don't we ask him? So the kid looks at me and he says, why do you even care now? And he's not talking to his dad. He's talking to me. And I will tell you, those dark brown piercing eyes, I will never forget this moment at this doorstep. And I look at him so perplexed, like, dude, what are you talking about? I just brought you home from skipping. And you could just tell I, I wasn't registering something he could see as I was going through the Rolodex in my mind. He said, you don't remember a month ago? And I was like, oh, yeah, hat, hoodie, earbuds in the morning. Put your hands on Miss Tompkins. That was a tough one. Cost you three days, man. You got to make some better choices, right? He was like, man, you don't even remember because you, know what? you didn't even ask me about that day. 
And the reason I'm bringing this story, and this is a true testimony, is, is sometimes when we lead and when we lead with our amygdala, we forget to ask some simple questions like, hey, tell me what happened. And when I started to think about it, I don't think I really asked him what happened. I got enough facts from Ms. Tompkins. I heard enough information. He put his hands on her. And yeah, I just knew he was disrespectful because he didn't listen to the teachers. He still had his hat and his earbuds and his hoodie on. So yeah, and he didn't go where you're supposed to. Yeah, I, I summarized all that up and got rid of him. He said, because if you would have asked me what happened, I would have told you that my parents got into a huge fight the night before. And, and, and I just didn't want to hear them anymore. So I put on my music and I went to bed and I fell asleep. And when I woke up really early in the morning, I said the house was a mess, a bunch of stuff was going on, but I went to look for my mom and I couldn't find my mom and I couldn't find my little brother and little sister. She had taken both of them and had left and left me. Why did she leave me? He goes, and I tried to go wake up my dad, but my dad was drunk and passed out. He goes, and I didn't know what to do. She wasn't answering her phone call or text messages. He goes, and I didn't know what to do. He goes, but I knew this. I remember when I first came into your school, you told me about something about mandatory attendance and that I shouldn't be missing any more school if I wanted to get out of eighth grade and get to high school. So I just knew that I had to come to school. And so when I came to school, I tried to be in those areas where the courtyard, the cafeteria, those gym, but man, other kids started showing up and I didn't want to be around other kids. I just wanted to listen to my music. I just wanted to figure out what, why does my mom not want me? And why didn't she take me with me? And what's going to happen? Is she going to be there when I get home and all these things? He goes, so I like got away from the kids. So I got into the building. Well, think about it, folks. When he got away from the kids, he got into the adults. He's not supposed to be there. So now you're going to run into the adults. This kid is running from kids. Now he's running into adults and the adults are going to just come at you harder. Your hat, your earbuds, your hoodie, your, all the things that are going on and everything is coming down on this kid while he's struggling. And then they're not going to, he's not going to listen to them because he wants to like just have space to himself and nobody's giving him any space. Everybody's pushing on him. And then the administrator finally shows up because he's not listening to the teachers. And so then bam, all of a sudden, administrator shows up and he said, did you ever ask Miss Tompkins really what happened? Because when I put my hands on her, it was simply just to push her away because she was literally trying to like force me to come down to the office. And all I can tell you folks is, is like, I literally, I'm five, nine, but I felt about four, nine, if not three, nine, standing at this doorstep as this kid breaks us down that day because Unfortunately, my reactive mindset was nowhere near ready to listen to any of the things that he was telling me now. Back then, I had made my mind up on what this kid did and why he did it and he needed to pay. And I tell you this because I have to reflect a lot. I used to tell kids to kick rocks. I, I was like an extension of the SRO or police officer. I would tell kids, and if you're suspended, I'm going to walk you to the curb. And if you walk this way, you're going to step back on the campus. That is a CTW. That is a criminal trespass warning. Like people, I was a cyborg of suspension and led the district with 1,149 types of suspensions as, as the other APs collectively. And so my job was to get rid of kids. And I'm not here today to tell you that we should get rid of exclusionary consequences or traditional consequences. I'm saying we need to reflect because what that kid needed was his mom. He needed to feel not abandoned. He needed to feel loved. And even if I put him in in-school suspension just because of the violation of, of disrespect or putting his hand, whatever you want to call it, man, I think what we should have figured out is, is how to meet the student's needs 
while we're simultaneously trying to hold him accountable for his choices. And so I'm just going to share my one piece of mindset with you today that I probably get asked more than anything else when I break down this, this mindset when it comes to the power of what teachers believe administrators have more than they do. And I try to explain to them, like, you think we have all this power because we have a, a, a degree and we have a certification and we get paid more and we have a title, we have our own office and blah, blah, blah. Listen, people, let me break it down. We have very little power. And in fact, if you really look at it the way I'm going to unpack it, the teacher in the classroom has way more power than that administrator can ever have. And I open up this this mindset piece with the simple phrase, expectations lead to disappointment. Because unfortunately, the reality for me, and I can only speak from my perspective, right? So 15 years in the public education section as an administrator, principal, assistant principal, classroom teacher, instructional coach, high school football coach, I can just tell you that my experience tells me that when we typically call for administrators to help us with support and discipline issues, much like that young man in the hallway, we get primarily disappointed because sometimes the administrators don't handle that student or that situation the way we expect them to. And what I started to illustrate this and kind of poke, poke holes at it and have a little fun with it, I was like, well, that's because discipline is like water. So let me break it down. So when I say discipline is like water, I need you to understand that discipline flows through the whole school building, out of classrooms, down to the central office, and, we, and that's where the water is collected. And the reason I start to use this as, a, as, as kind of an analogy is that discipline is like water because what I learned to appreciate in my career is I love the teacher that only lets a trickle of water out. That teacher that rarely lets, you know, that writes kids up, doesn't send them out, keeps the water in the classroom because they've recognized that the connections and the time that they spend them with their water is way more valuable and important than calling me to a classroom to get a kid to give a cell phone or or to change seats or to be respectful or whatever it is. But unfortunately, there are campuses in every district I've ever worked with where the floodgates are wide ass open and there's a lot of water coming out of a lot of classrooms because they're expecting that when the water hits the front office or hits the office for administrators, that you have the power to change that water. And I think that's the paradigm of power that I'm, I'm, I'm addressing today is administrators have no power to change your water or to address your water like the way that you need it to be changed. And so I started realizing and started using this as an analogy with a bottle of water and a training. And I said, look, the only thing that I have is when your water comes down to my office as a referral or or even just to support, the only thing that I can do is, is collect and catch that water and then move that water. And we created a shirt that literally says, I just move water. And if you really look at it, this is how crazy it is. As an administrator, kid comes down, I'm like, hey, water, sit over there. Hey, water, can you move that out? Hey, water, fill that out. Hey, water, can you can we get can we call this water's mama? Um, can we get this water schedule change? Hey, this water, we're gonna put this water in in-school suspension. We're gonna put this water in detention for lunch. Hey, we're gonna do this. Well, all we do is move water around. And what's crazy about it is I move it around for an hour, three days, an hour. It doesn't matter. I just move it around for an extended period of time. And then what's very interesting is, is when that water has to return to the classroom, to its source, right? 
it's this is where it's crazy. The educator that's in the classroom gets a little frustrated because they're like, Mr. Curtis, this is the same damn water that I sent you. And I'm like, exactly. Did you think I had the power to like change your water? To like convert your water to wine? Like there's like, we don't have the ability to change water. We can't treat water with a pill and put it in a water bottle and shake it up. And all of a sudden it's not going to be bad anymore or make bad choices or be respectful or comply with you. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist in our repertoire. And the reason I say this is because I think it's important for us to understand as an administrator, I'm diminished to being a water mover. Hence the shirt. I just move water. And What I've tried to empower teachers with is the fact that you have connections and that you spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with the student. You spend more time with this student than I will ever spend unless you send them to me all the time. Then what happens is, is your water wants to come see me. And then you resent the fact that your water has a better relationship with me than you, or the fact that you're like, hey, you know, you're just going to go see Mr. Curtis because you're tired of your water and I'm okay with giving your water a break. But let's just be honest that expectations lead to disappointment. Again, that's where we have to break down the power paradigm and realizing like, I don't have the power to change your water. I can give your your water a fist bump or a high five after an after-school event or something like that, but I don't spend enough time and connection time with your water unless you send them to me on a regular basis. Then I really get to know your water, and sometimes I get to know them better than you, and then they do want to spend time with me because I do make them feel connected. Now, all of a sudden, I have more power than you. So my message for you today is, is just remember that as administrators, we're just water movers. And the minute that you give us more power, then basically what you've given us is more connections, more investments. Every student wants to feel valued, seen, and heard. And because of the circumstances that you've set this in play, because you've sent the water out more and you expect me to do something with your water, ultimately all I can do is connect and care and have conversations and to teach your water about accountability. But I do not have the power to change water. I I'm just a water mover. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. The water mover. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? I cannot tell you as administrators how many people are like, hey, Kevin, are are you talking about the water mover today? I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's my favorite. I want my teachers to hear about that. So I'm glad teachers hear about it on a regular basis. It was one of the first things I wanted to unpack as a solo episode. So I hope that it made a big difference in some of the mindsets for you today. And if you want to continue to follow along with our mindset pieces, along with other free content and resources, that we put out. I'm going to send you over to our website at rclfirst.com. That's rclfirst.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's engaging. We give out free content, free mindset pieces, and we're really trying to engage the mindsets of educators today so that they can start to see things a little bit different and further outside the box. So thanks for tuning in today's episode. Remember, keep relationships first, and we'll connect with you next time.